What is it with the Ducks in Nashville? Let's hit it. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everyone? I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, host of Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And don't forget, this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, among many others. And you can follow me on Twitter. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. Let's get right into it. Today, we're going to talk about the Ducks' loss in Nashville and what it is about the Ducks playing at that arena. We'll also talk a little bit about Troy Terry and Adam Henrique. And at the end, we'll talk a little bit more about Mason McTavish and the decision to send him back to the OHL's Peterborough Peets. But first, last night's game was kind of a dud for the Anaheim Ducks, but it, it was really all about the injury to Adam Henrique and how that shifted things around pretty on through the middle of the game. Uh, pick things up in the first period. Nashville got things going after a couple of pretty bad penalties on the Ducks. They were not really disciplined all night long. They were making little mistakes here and there. Those two penalties in the first period were costly for the Ducks because they couldn't generate any offense. However, credit to the Ducks penalty kill for killing those two penalties back to back. You had the one that went into about one second left on the penalty kill and then another penalty So Nashville had one second of five on three, which amounted to absolutely nothing. I will give credit to the elite one C Derek Grant for doing a good job on the penalty kill on those back to backs. That was pretty nice. But then two minutes after that second power play ended, Ryan Johansson came in from the right side and put one through the wickets of John Gibson. This was not Gibson's fault. It was kind of a weird quasi odd man rush. And a couple guys missed their men. Trevor Zegras just got beat. And he missed his man on the left, on John Gibson's left. Johansson probably should not have been that open, but he was. So that's still one thing that Trevor Zegras needs to work on consistently. We know he can be good defensively, but he just has to get that consistency down. That's going to be the difference between making Trevor Zegras a great player and making him an elite player. So there's still those little things. Again, he's only 20 years old. He's still learning the game at an NHL level. He'll get there. Don't worry. He will get there. As long as Dallas Eakins doesn't bench him. But anyway, that's the end of the first period. Second period, the new line of Ricard Raquel, Trevor Zegers, and Sonny Milano, they really looked good in the first period and looked good in the second period too. Raquel, coming back from injury, got his fifth goal of the season on the apples from Trevor Zegras and Sonny Milano. That made it 1-1. to And then Nashville came to play. They were given countless power play opportunities, and the Ducks finally got burned as Michael Grenland got his fourth of the season on a pretty nifty power play. That that power play was clicking on all cylinders. It was really going well. And then the third period, Jamie Dreisel got one of the wackiest goals you'll ever see. Kind of a ping-ping, pinball-pinball. Jamie Dreisel shot it from inner point, and it deflected off not one but two Nashville Predators defensemen 
to tie things up at two. But late in the game, Yakov Trinan won it for the Nashville Predators very late in the game. That was your final score, three to two. So uh, the quick recap of the game. One thing that I didn't mention, Adam Henrique, he had to leave the game pretty early with an upper body injury. That changed the whole dynamic of the game for the Anaheim Ducks because Troy Terry lost his premier winger on his other side. Once you lose someone like Adam Henrique, who, let's be honest, he's been resurgent this season. He's playing on a different level than we saw him last season. And now with him being out for the rest of the game, that really messes with the lines. It messes especially with that top, top line where Getze has been relying on Adam Henrique to get more of those open pass opportunities. I mean, yeah, Ryan Gesloff, even early on, had a sweep behind-the-back pass that nearly resulted in a goal. Troy Terry, I think, was the most affected by that because he just lost his line mate. Adam Henrique was making things easier for Troy Terry and opening up the ice in such a way that Troy Terry could get those opportunities. Later on in the game, I noticed that Troy Terry was a little more systemic, especially in the power play, more systematic, more kind of going back to their old habits, which is something that the Ducks cannot do. They cannot go back to those same habits that they fell into last season. It was because of those bad habits that they wound up with the second worst record in the National Hockey League. They can't do that. And this falls a little bit on the coaching as well. Uh, the lines out there were were weird at best. Coach Dallas Eakins, I think, could have put Troy Terry out there with a couple of different guys. Uh, later on, Troy Terry was tried on a line with Ricard Raquel. I thought that was fine. And then I saw Troy Terry out there not with Raquel, but I saw him out there with Trevor Zegras. Okay, that, that one actually looked pretty decent also resulting in a Ducks power play on that line as the Ducks drew a penalty. And then Troy Terry was tried with Raquel again. I mean, he was just being moved around almost the entire rest of the night. That's not going to help. And then later on at the end of the game, he was out there with Sam Steele. And then on that final power play for the Ducks, and I take it back, it was when Terry was out there with Getzloff and Zegras that the Ducks actually got a penalty, and that was a Zegras penalty. So maybe we don't see Terry and Zegras on a line too much after this, because that one didn't work. But then to not put Terry out there on that first power play unit, at the end of the game, you had Drysdale out there, which is fine. You had Zegras and Milano, which is cool. Then you had Getzloff and Raquel. Bit of a shift. I didn't completely hate that line. But then on the second line, you have Silverberg out there with Steele, Terry, Fowler, and Shattenkirk. I, I don't know if I would have put those guys out on the power play at that time. I think there could have been a little bit of like flip this guy for that guy. Maybe flip Raquel around with either Silverberg or flip Raquel around with Troy Terry. Because Terry had been working well with Getze and Milano and Zegris on that power play unit. I would have loved to have seen that towards the end of the game when the Ducks tried to tie things up late. And that kind of resulted in Terry going back to what he did last season. 
that is simply not going to work. And he was even a little bit gun-shy yesterday. He only got, get this, one. One shot on goal all night. He even, dare I say, he looks timid. He looked out of place. That That's not the way to be amongst the league leaders in scoring. So hopefully Terry can come back strong on the next game and maybe get back into that groove. We're going to head into the first intermission and talk a little bit more about this and Troy Terry Street coming to an end. We'll talk about that. But first, let's talk about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar around. It is my favorite protein bar ever. Thanksgiving is only a couple of days away, and I know that I'm going to get a little bit hangry while that dinner is cooking, and I will be salivating. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm probably going to dig into one of these Built Bars that's right behind me and just have it two to three hours out. That'll tide me over just enough before eating that delicious Thanksgiving dinner. And you know, it'll give you the energy that you need to not fall asleep during whatever football game you watch. And there's a lot of fantastic flavors out there, including a new one called the Ruby Marshmallow or Ruby Cheesecake. That one is delicious. There's always new flavors coming out on Built.com, especially on the Puffs line. So, hey, check out Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order of Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Coming up after the first intermission, we're going to talk a little bit more about the injury and what that means for the Ducks, including Troy Terry. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, or T-L-O-P-N, or Tlopin. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez on this Tuesday, the day after the Ducks fall to the Nashville Predators, 3-2, their second consecutive loss. The Ducks just have bad luck in Nashville. They hardly win there over the past decade. We remember that long playoff run they had in 2017, where they fell to the Nashville Predators in the Western Conference Final. They just don't have good luck there. And it was apparent last night as Adam Henrique left the game early on. And on the injury report, it says that he left the game with an upper body injury. He's not actually on the injured reserve, not on any injured lists. He is day-to-day as of right now. Hopefully he will come back on tomorrow's game and play with his buddies Ryan Getzloff and Troy Terry once again. And losing Adam Henrique is big. Where so far this season, he's been one of the better players on the Ducks. Kind of slightly, not completely, but slightly under the radar because of Ryan Getzloff's milestone. And also because of Troy Terry's point streak, which ended on Monday night. But we got to talk about Henrique just a little bit more. This season, he's already got 15 points in 19 games. He's among the team leaders in points that no one's really talking about a whole lot. Six goals, nine assists. But I look at this Ducks team right now, and Adam Henrique has been almost as vital as the top guys. But I will say, he's that important to the team. Look at that top line. Terry Getzloff. Henrik, they're combined for a whopping 56 points this season already. 50, that's a big, big number. 
when you have your top line producing at that level, anytime you lose one of those guys, it hurts. It hurts immensely. It hurts Ryan Getzloff, and it hurts Troy Terry. Getzy obviously almost got an apple last night, but didn't quite get one. And as for Troy Terry, his 16-game point streak comes to an end, but what a ride it was for Troy Terry. He scored points in 16 of his 18 games. After drawing a blank on his first game of the season, he had a night off, he was healthy scratched, After he was healthy scratched, he's like a completely different player where he scored all of his points in those 16 games. And just to illustrate, 22 points in 16 games. It started all the way back on October 18th and lasted through November 18th. So exactly one month that streak lasted. But good for Troy Terry. He's now the third on the list in all-time point streaks as far as games are concerned still behind Tamu Solani and Corey Perry Corey Perry your record is safe you are still the Ducks franchise leader for a point streak with 19 games but man Troy Terry has looked solid and as I mentioned in the first part of the program he did look a little bit lost out there this was amongst his lowest shot outputs of the season dating all the way back to his first game where he had zero shots against the Jets. You cannot be this timid out there and expect to do well because his last five games, he had four shots, three shots, three shots, four shots, four shots. Yes, it's not it's not a huge volume of shots, but it's enough of a volume of shots that he would likely score and his expected goals for would shoot right up. And he's still shooting at an unbelievable clip right now. 27.3% for the season. It is completely not sustainable. But you got to get those shots in. Hopefully we'll see Troy Terry shoot just a little bit more. But the big question is, will Adam Henry come back? And if he doesn't, who's going to be on that line with Getzloff and Troy Terry? What are some ideas that you have? Maybe you throw in Ricard Raquel on that top line. Raquel did look amazing with Zegris and Milano. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't want to break up that line either. But maybe just for a game, just to kind of break the monotony, maybe try out Raquel on the top line with Getze and Terry. And that's if Henrik is not able to go on Wednesday night that's going to be now a tough game considering how well Colorado has been the past few nights. We'll preview that game on tomorrow's podcast, but Colorado all of a sudden is looking like a juggernaut. They've won their last five games. They've been scoring at an unbelievable clip, but again, that will be tomorrow's breakdown. All right. We're going to head into the second intermission rather quickly And we're going to talk a whole lot about Mason McTavish. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez, and this show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag, which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust and Baseball's over, but football is in full action, 
especially on this Thanksgiving weekend. NBA is heating up, and the NHL is really on one recently with some of these wacky games going on. If you want to check out all the latest lines, all the latest future odds as to who's going to win the MVP, who's going to win the Stanley Cup, then head over to betonline.ag and use promo code Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus. Once again, that's betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly, folks. And thank you once again for making Locked On Anaheim Ducks your first listen of the day. And once again, on this Tuesday, we're going to talk a little bit about Mason McTavish. I mentioned that I was going to bring this up a little bit more on today's podcast. So we're going to do that right now. Uh, In case you didn't listen yesterday or in case you haven't heard, Mason McTavish has been called back to his OHL team, the Peterborough Peets, where he will spend the rest of his season. And it's assumed that he will also get the opportunity to play in this year's World Junior Championships, which is set to take place in about six weeks. Wow, we're already six weeks away from the WJCs. In case you missed last year's World Junior Championships, some guy by the name of Trevor Zegris, you might know him, he won the MVP and took home gold in last year's WJC. The decision for Mason McTavish to go back to his juniors team, this is absolutely the right move without question. Mason McTavish did well in his nine games. He had a stellar start to his career scoring on opening night. Unfortunately, right after that, he sustained an injury. So he was out right away. And I think if it wasn't for that little injury, we probably would have seen him on those first nine games. And that could have changed the dynamic of the start of the season. But as it was, he got those games with the goals. He did well in those games in San Diego. And then after he came back to Anaheim, they were just a completely different team. Mason McTavish looked good out there. I know the metrics don't quite say so, but he still was solid in that third line. Did a great job with Jakob Silverberg. Looked good with Isaac Lundestrom. He looked fine in general. But the one thing that's against him is he was playing out of position because he's a natural center. And there was just no room at center for him because Ryan Getzloff has been amazing this season. Trevor Zegris, that number two center. Then you have Isaac Lundestrom. And after that, it's up for grabs. It really is. I think Mason McTavish could figure into the Ducks' future. But right now, it'd be best for him to get those top minutes with Petersburg. And honestly, that, that'd be the best for him. Uh, he played his ninth game with the Ducks last Thursday in that loss to Carolina. And if he had played a tenth game then that would have sparked that first year of the three-year ELC to be to be active. As it is, his season is done unless the Ducks make the playoffs, and he would be eligible to return on a playoff roster spot. But as of right now, that three-year entry-level contract will be delayed by at least a season. Again, he's only 18 years old. He'd be playing with the Peets this season, for the Ontario Hockey League, most importantly, he would slot in to his natural center position. For what it's worth, he did score 29 goals in 57 games a couple seasons ago. Last year, there was no OHL, 
it's important to note that last season, Mason McTavish did play in the Swiss League. He is a born Swiss. So that really helped him immensely. And he was playing against some older pros. But now, with these nine games in Anaheim, I feel like it'd be good for him to dominate in the OHL. Like, I don't know, another certain Ducks pick from this past year, Sasha Pasujov, also dominating in juniors. The future for the Ducks looks very bright. And I look forward to seeing what McTavish does with the Peterborough Peets this coming season. And I really love, really love what current GM Jeff Solomon had to say. This is a great quote from him, and this is thanks to Eric Stevens from The Athletic. So the quote from Jeff Solomon, quote, While we are happy with Mason's development to date, we believe it is in his best long-term interest to continue his development playing in the OHL for the remainder of this season and hopefully for Team Canada in the upcoming World Junior Championships. Among other things, this move should afford Mason the opportunity to gain additional experience playing his natural center position, which we believe will be beneficial to Mason and the Ducks in the long run. End quote. Great, great piece of work there. Jeff Solomon knows his stuff. He's done well with the Kings. He looks like he's got the keys, and this is a great decision. I know some Ducks fans are saying, like, well, he was doing okay. Yes, he, he was doing okay in the NHL this season. But you cannot just have your top pick just quote-unquote do okay. You want him to flourish. You want him to dominate. You want him to get that experience. And you want him to get those top minutes on the OHL. And if he gets the chance, you want him to shine in the World Junior Championships. Much like Trevor Zegras of last year. Where Zegras played a certain amount of games. And that year of free agency gets delayed by a year. Zegras ended up playing in the World Juniors a couple of seasons ago, and he played again last season. Look how well he did. So I'm saying this is a good move for the Ducks in the short term. This is good for the Ducks in the long term. It will also allow guys to come back and slot in naturally because you got to think once Max Jones and Max Comtois come back later this season, and if they are still in full strength, they still have a legit shot to make some noise in the Western Conference. And something else I'll mention as far as McTavish goes, if he slots in next season with the Anaheim Ducks, I could see him being a third-line center. He'd be competing right there with Isaac Lundestrom. He'd be competing with Sam Steele. He'd be competing with everyone else. And having that extra year under his belt will only make him a better player in general. And it's a hard conversation to have because you don't you don't want to waste a year. You don't want to waste a year having him down in the fourth line at some times. And that's a conversation that I think you have to, you know, give to the kid. And in Mason's position, it's a conversation you have to have for yourself. This is a great opportunity to play in the National Hockey League. But it's the best decision all around. It's the best choice for him personally and for the Ducks organization in general. Plus, it'll give other guys like Bo Grew and Vinny Letary a chance to play for the Ducks this season. They've they've earned those call-ups. You love to see those guys from San Diego move up at some point. And one other name. You know I'm going to say this name 
how about Jacob Perot? Maybe give Perot nine games this season for the Anaheim Ducks. I think that'd be best for Jacob Perot's development. That's another kid that's only 19 years old, and he's flourishing in the AHL right now. He's among the league leaders in points. He had that sick lacrosse goal last week. We're still talking about the Michigan goal from Jacob Perot last week. His development has been fantastic. That's the next guy that I would like to see move up as far as prospects go to play those nine games. So we'll keep an eye out for that. That's going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. And thanks once again for making this your first listen of the day. And why not make Locked on NHL your second listen of the day? Hosted by Gil Martin on Mondays. We have Jess Balmasto and Sarah Avampado for Western Conference Wednesdays. That'll be tomorrow's show. And we do have a show on Thanksgiving. We're going to have goals Thursday. I'm not going to skip out on a goals Thursday, even if there is a holiday. So tomorrow, we will preview the game between the Ducks and the Avalanche. Talk a little bit more about the youth. Thursday will be goals Thursday. Friday's show will be a late afternoon show, kind of like this one. But it'll be late afternoon, and that will recap the game that will have just happened at home on Friday afternoon. That's a 1 o'clock start at the pond. That's a weird one, folks. So once again, just thank you for your continued support. Thank you for your listens. Thank you for the messages. They're awesome. Uh, if you want to drop me a line, you could do so at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com or you could drop me a line on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. Thank you all once again. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and Ducks fly together.